0: Why not? Do. Or do not. There is no try.
1: Second episode of Table Flip, a podcast dedicated to the Star, Star Wars The Card Game by FFG or Fantasy Flight Games. I am one of your hosts, uh, Matt, aka On the Boards Talk to Mich. and joining me as always is Patrick, also known as Basileel on the forums. And with us this week, we have two new members to the podcast, which are Ketrasel, who is the writer of the No Disintegrations articles on Card Game DB. And Shregs, who is a good friend of Basilio and his more, most often, I would say, uh, playtester partner. Welcome, everybody. Uh, hello. Hello. There we Hi.
2: go. There we go. Now we're all talking. <laughs> cool. So, Matt, what do we got in store today?
1: All right. Well, what we're going to do first is we're going to go over. Uh, I'd like to discuss some of the feedback we received in episode one, and I will give everyone our contact information, because some people might have missed it in our uh, various threads on the various boards. Uh, We're going to let Ket and Shriggs introduce themselves so we kind of know who they are. And then for the most part, this episode is going to be a kind of back and forth discussion on the deck known as the Untouchables. Cool. All right, Uh Ketrisel, start us off. (laughs) Well, I'm
0: Ketrisel. As they said, I write no disintegrations um, on the the card game DB forums. Um, I've been playing card games since... Pokemon first came out, I think. Um, <laughs> I played Magic versus a bunch of other stuff. Um, the biggest card game I was into was the Star Wars trading card game from Wizards of the Coast. Um, I played that for a long time, and um, Dark Spain, the, the owner and administrator of Card Game DB, he and I go way back from um, a website called Rebel Basers, so... I've been in the Star Wars community for card games for quite some time. So,
2: Cool. that's me. Awesome. Shregs, what about you, bud?
3: Well, I'm a graphic designer and illustrator. I start, I'm with Ketrasil. I started with Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and then went off into a bunch of other stuff. Okay. And I also have a question for Ketrasil. Yes. You played the Star Wars card game prior to this one, right? Yes, I did. One of my friends at the store mentioned that the Ugnot card in that card game was <laughs> OP. It was beyond broken. Please explain this to me because I am
0: interested. Okay, so basically what it would let you do, if I can remember this correctly, was you got to... I'm Googling this. Um, I think it was that you got to cycle through your deck for something. What was it? Oh, that's it. You could discard it to return five cards from your discard pile to your deck. Holy crap. So basically the combo was you would get an infinite amount of build points in the game. You'd discard your entire deck and you'd cycle two Ugnaughts to basically play everything in your deck on the first turn. And no one could beat you. Oh my.
3: So it sounds like the ugnut from this recent force back got a serious hit from the nerf bat. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, nowhere near as good. Oh, okay, that's... wow. Anyway, um... <laughs> I... apparently, anyway. Okay, so, uh, why don't, Matt, why don't we jump right into the Untouchables discussion and uh, some of the feedback that we've uh, got from last week's episode.
1: Okay. All right, so first let's cover the feedback, uh... Both Patrick and I have received lots of great feedback from everyone. Uh we were both um pleasantly surprised yeah. by the uh the very nice feedback. Like I haven't seen a single negative thing. I received uh, numerous either messages via private messaging on a uh, BoardGameGeek and CardGameDB and wells and our our thread where people were like, "You know, we really really loved your show. We loved the format. People liked how we were kind of, you know, casual. Bit more user friendly, I guess you could say stuff like that. Uh, I had one person say that they were a lifetime fan after our first episode. <laughs> that, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it was. It was very nice to see. I was. I'll be honest. I was a little nervous yeah. as to our re- um reception, just because you know I was wasn't really sure how we were going to come off us. But overall, everybody loved it, which is great to see. We're glad everyone liked it. And, you know, if you don't like it and you can, you know, you want to message me or Patrick, you know, probably message us and tell us what you don't like. You know, we're, we're open to feedback, negative and positive. Yes. Assuming with the negative feedback, you know, it's not just I hate your show. You guys suck. You know, have something to tell us, not just, you know, random hate mail. But we didn't receive any of that. So it's great. You know, everyone seems to love it. We've gotten Last time I looked, we were just shy of 600 hits on the Card Game DB feed. That's awesome. And I'm sure that'll change once we uh, figure out our issues with iTunes, which unfortunately uh, I wasn't able to dedicate quite as much time to as I wanted to this week just because of some issues that came up.
2: I mean, seriously, uh, guys, uh, thank you very much for the uh, support and all the positive comments and feedback. Um, Like Matt said, we were really blown away and really humbled by it. Um, I, I, honestly, that's the first time I've ever, um, released a podcast or a show that I've been a part of, which has gotten that much, um, positive feedback and a lot of really just kind of good praises. So I, I really, really want to thank the, the community of Card Game DB and, um, uh, Board Game Geek for, uh, really kind of stepping it up and really kind of showing what, what this community is all about. And, uh, just all about just one big kind of really good community aspect uh, around this game. So really, really thank you very much, guys. We really do appreciate it.
1: Yeah, and that's something that Patrick and I are both very big on uh, trying to, to get out there. We want to build a good, positive community, and you know we want this to be a, a community that people want to join and say, "Wow, those guys are great. They're having fun. I want to join in with them too." So we're glad that that you know that there's people. Other people seem to want the same thing, and that we're hoping to help you know help start to build that.
2: Definitely, definitely. So. What do you got for the Untouchable discussion? I know that uh, we've, we wanted to kind of make this the main focus of the show this week because mm-hmm. there it was. I started a uh, large thread, I think <laughs> got to eight or nine pages on Card Game DB's forums about the Untouchables, and I kind of gave my first impressions, and it just kind of went and snowballed from there. Um, so what are you looking to get out of this discussion, Matt? Do you just want us to kind of talk about it, or do you have some set questions that you'd like us all to answer?
1: I don't know if I have any set questions per se but what I was thinking because I know that uh, uh part of the reason catch here is because he kind of wanted to present a, a, a counter argument yep. you could say to your discussion so I was thinking you know, it will have like a point counterpoint kind of discussion you know you know keep it friendly of course you know anybody in there neutral corners <laughs> I'll act as the moderator if I have to <laughs> yeah definitely um, but mostly let's just talk about the deck you know tear it apart if we need to but really I this deck seems to have generated a lot of discussion on card game d b and I know probably half of those eight pages might be you baz but, <laughs> 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 but uh you know i'm i'm I'd like to hear about the deck. Mm-hmm. I myself wasn't able to do much deck testing this last week, um yeah. just because, like I said, there was stuff, but I know you and Shregs both have destroyed this deck several times and kinda of, you know going head to head bashing against each other. So maybe how about you guys kinda of discuss, you know well first of all, let's what is the deck? Yeah. Then we'll kinda, of, you know, you guys talk about your playtesting and, you know, your thoughts and opinions, and then we'll let Ketchusel join in and then you know maybe we'll make some point counterpoints awesome. and see if it is untouchable.
2: Awesome. All right. Well the deck is, as Matt ten, uh mentioned, was uh, named by Tiny, Tiny Grimes of the Smuggler's Den podcast. And uh, he likes to name his decks um, if they do well and, and win regionals, he said. So um, he named it the Untouchables, and this is a Rebel deck with uh, smuggler affiliation. The objective sets are as follows. Two Rebel fleets, two the defense of Yavin IV, two prepara- uh, prepare for evacuation, two preparation for battle, and two Hoth operations. That is the deck, and um, basically what makes this deck uh, the quote-unquote untouchable um, as people are claiming, is the Renegade Squadron Escort, which is a two-cost for two HP with a blast damage unit. It is a uh, Y-Wing, but it has the Protect Vehicle trait. And basically what this allows you to do is, just like um, a Royal Guard or the Guardian of Peace or not the Guardian of Pe- yeah, yeah, the Guardian of Pe- <laughs> Um, allows you to take damage from a vehicle unit that would otherwise be damaged and put it onto here. Also, we have the Rebel Fleet, which... Um, Gives the Repair Droid, and uh, that is also very, very useful. Um, the Repair Droid is, is just ridiculously useful in combination of the Renegade Escort. And then, of course, we have the preparation for battle with Jizz. Uh, the shielded units um, cannot be damaged if the Death Star Dial is uh, 4 or lower, and it gives extra blast damage if it's um, 8 or higher. So kind of some nice synergy in there with there. Then we have um, Hoth Operations, which gives the really nice synergy with the Spears, um, when you control more, th- more Hoth objectives than your opponent, each of your speeders, speeder units gains plus one edge, which is really, really nice. Um, if you have a good amount of speeders on there, you can actually get uh, quite a number of edge icons, and these do stack with each other. They, they do uh, mirror each other, so if you have two of these out, it'll double. So if you have four, four speeders out, you automatically already have eight edge icons without playing any cards. So um, the potential of that uh, is very, very tempting. Um, I'm going to let Ketchercell actually go first and kind of defend this deck, because I know that for a lot of people listening already know my opinions on the deck, and uh, I want to give them a, a different perspective from Ketrasil. So Ketrasil, go ahead.
0: Okay, so the reason I like the deck is because of how terrible it actually is, Okay. sounds kind of odd. So. The way I go into the deck building thing is, okay, what is the purpose of this deck? The purpose of of the Untouchables deck is to win in one or two turns. You know, not necessarily at the start of the game, but, you know, swing in one turn, I win the game.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So the, the way you set up isn't to necessarily drop a unit attack, drop a unit attack every turn. It's to set the board up so that when you attack, you win the game right then and there. Um, and I feel like this version of the deck is better at doing that than any previous Rebel deck has been. Okay. Just for the simple fact that, you know, you have ways to protect your cards with the the um, Smuggler Y-Wings and with the Repair Droids. So you can set up a turn where, you know, your opponent tried to come in, attack you, and you drop everything and swing back and destroy three objectives in a single turn. Okay. Um I don't think it's a very robust deck necessarily. It doesn't have a lot of outs as far as, you know, I can't remove a bunch of focus counters from something like a Jedi deck can. Um I don't have ways necessarily to lock down my opponent's units except for with the uh the hover tanks and stuff like that. So I think it's a very specialized um glass cannon type deck.
2: Okay. Um, What would you say the biggest strengths are of the deck, other than being able to win in one or two turns?
0: Um, I I like how home one interacts with the deck, just because you can send it in, um, and most people are going to defend against it, and nine times out of ten, it still is going to get objective damage in, um, just because none of its stuff is as dependent and it's going to hit the other, um, objectives out as long as it's not tactics down before it
2: gets to strike. Okay. Um, um sorry, but no, 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 it, it, no, not a problem. Matt, Shrigs, you guys have a question for Catch Yourself?
1: I have a question. Yes. And yes. I don't know if who could answer this maybe, but from what I've read, mostly in the, the thread that, you know, you started on the forum there, Patrick, and from what Tiny said about the deck... Do you guys think this might have been something that Tiny kind of used the surprise factor up to win against? Because Tiny's known, you know, very well as you know, asking are Rebels terrible. So I'm almost wondering where he's so well known for being a Jedi or Jedi smugglers player and really, really likes those guys that he almost take this in as kind of like surprise. I'm not playing Jedi, and that helped push this deck through. Because to me, the deck just doesn't seem like it has a A very long-term viability like I don't see this deck being a deck we're playing in a month or two months I mean I could be totally wrong because like I said I wasn't able to test this myself but just looking at the deck it just doesn't seem like it has that lasting power
2: catch yourself go ahead
0: um so I think part of the reason why tiny potentially played this deck was um myself uh t g o and a couple other people were um watching a couple of his uh twitch t v feeds of his of his octagon games, mm-hmm. and we kept telling him that he was a terrible rebel player <laughs> and that, and that he needed to try try you know the deck that he eventually um <laughs> took to the tournament and we were like you know try it, it it's a good deck as long as you're not trying to Find a deck that does everything well. If you just want a deck that nobody's going to see coming and it's going to be a, you know, you win in a single turn kind of thing and you learn how to play it, you should play this. And so he played played the deck on a couple of feeds and um, I'm not sure if in the replays it shows the text box or not, but every time he'd make a play... Um, one of us would be like, oh, that's the worst play ever. Why did you ever do that? You're doing it completely wrong. Just giving him a hard time about stuff. And it seemed like the more he played with it, the more comfortable he was with it. And he was really starting to pilot it the way that it's meant to be played. Right, okay. Um, Shriggs, any questions?
3: Um, I'm thinking when he took that deck to regionals, people didn't quite understand how it worked. So the idea is, is that you wait until you can take out your opponent's objectives in one and two turns. They probably weren't expecting that and gave him huge openings for that.
2: I can agree is to what that. what I'm
3: understanding.
2: I mean, yeah, I, I, I can definitely agree to that. Uh, Ketra would you think that's uh, a, a distinct possibility? Yeah,
0: because playing against this deck is a lot different than playing against a a Jedi deck. Oh, definitely. something else. Because it's like, you know, in the Jedi deck, you're doing, you know, a little objective damage here, a little objective damage there, trying to to gain the upper hand, control things. This is just like, boom, look at all this stuff that I have. It has blast damage. Watch me kill you. Yes. Okay.
3: Now, when I played against Baz the first time, I used my Sith control deck, and all I did was exactly what I always did with my Sith Control deck. I screw him over with the Force, I never let him win edge battles, and whenever he attacks, I always defend with something with tactics. Yeah. Which is, with and my Sith Control deck is notoriously known by Baz as my Palpatine's a bitch deck. Yeah. <laughs> no,
2: I mean, well, th- that's really, <laughs> yeah, I, I hate Palpatine. He, he is kind of a jerk, but I mean, it, that's really any Sith control deck. And um, I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll kind of get to the the weaknesses of this, this deck a little later. But um, catch yourself. Like, what else makes this deck viable for for play? I mean, I I I, I really truly believe that this deck really isn't tournament, tournament viable, um, just because of my personal opinion. But uh, to you, what makes this deck a a tournament deck?
0: Um, The easiest thing that I can compare this deck to, and I I said this before we started recording, is um, for Magic the Gathering, there's a deck called Red Deck Wins. And it's basically, you know, a bunch of stuff that you win in a single turn by burning your opponent's face off. Right. Um, If you can't win by turn three with that deck, you automatically are going to lose because it can't do anything. I think in the Star Wars game, this deck fits that role. Okay, where you know it's more of a, I'm gonna take this to one tournament and I'm gonna win that tournament with this deck. Okay.
2: (laughs) Okay, so, so correct me if I'm wrong. So you're more of under the assumption where this is a deck that you would take to a regional. Or just a tournament for maybe kind of a fun win and not necessarily a serious win.
0: Mm, not necessarily. I think it's I think it's a very good deck. I okay. don't think it's a very
2: um, reliable deck. Reli- yeah, reliable is okay. a good
0: word. You know, I played this well a version of this. It was before the the new protector um, guys came out um, in the regional that I won and i think i'd lost one game with it and it was against you know the perfect sys setup where it's like palpatine you know getting interrogated with from all my good stuff Mm -hmm. um and then every other game it was like okay i'm attacking in and my opponent's just they're like you know light side decks aren't supposed to do this much damage in a single turn i don't i don't like this right
2: (laughs) of course. Okay guys any other questions uh for catchtrisell on the um positive side of this deck um or anything else anyone wants to add catchtrisell do you feel that we've um covered your side um well anything you want to add for for the the positives of of this um, pretty much the only thing that
0: I saw that i I kind of disagreed with in the whole topic was um people saying that uh the Jedi deck um, was more consistent because it had a higher quantity of quality units. I would disagree with that because, you know, in in this version of the deck, there's tons of stuff that you can throw out that, that rivals or is better than its Jedi equivalent. Okay. So I don't think that the weakness of the deck necessarily is that it doesn't have quality units. I think the, the biggest weakness is that it's, you know, a rather fragile deck because it's easy to um, tactics it out. I think is its biggest weakness. One
3: okay. other thing is, during my match with Baz, I am, when I had an opening to Force Lightning, one of his uh, Y-Wings, I did. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, that thing would stay there and be immortal from all the repair droids he would get later. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean that also is um, kind of something that the really any rebel deck kind of suffers from is you know the 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 force lightning kind of mechanic that the uh, the Sith control have because you know say you have red two he kills an objective and there's still a focus token on him and you're hoping to remove that objective with the next set of cards uh, say like a Y wing or an X wing or whatnot. Um, the Sith Control player can just kind of force Lightning Red too, and then he's, he's out, even if he has a bunch of enhancements on him too. Um, so let's kind of get into the uh, kind of, I guess, our my side, or my side of of why I don't really enjoy this deck. Um, I will agree that the setup that this deck can have is ridiculously good. Um, you know, Wed, uh, Rogue 3 with Wedge Antilles with... Astromach droid Upgrade is just ridiculous. Um, there, and then you know we have the Hoth operations with the Speeder Edge, and we have Prepare for Evac, which is also good because if the objective dies, you can you know take Palpatine back in someone's hand or or whatnot. Um, and then obviously Prep for Battle and Defensive Avant Four just synergize really well with really the, the the deck in and of itself. But the main problem that I've found with this deck, and keep in mind I've played. I want to say 50 plus games between me and Shriggs, my local <laughs> card store, and um, uh, by myself. So mo- most of those games account for for my local card store and between me and Shriggs. And the, the my main problem with this deck is it's not consistent. It's okay, cool. I had a really good game that one turn because I mean Shriggs, uh, how many times did I actually beat you with this deck? Like maybe you t- didn't. No, I. Uh, I think I, if I remember right, I think it took at least two games from you from like the ten or fifteen that we actually played together. Um, and I think that was just because you did you weren't able to get out certain units uh, that would have able been able to shut down the deck. And right,
3: I, I never saw home one, never saw rogue three, never saw red two.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was the 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 main problem with this deck that I have personally is it needs way too much much setup for it to ever be viable. Um, and again, I, I think that it just kind of depends on your playstyle, and it depends on what you would rather do, because the the Rebel deck that I'm running right now is just purely the core set build. Uh, it's two draw their fire, two mission briefing, two mobilize, two Rebel fleet, and two defensive Yavin 4, and that that's what I use for my Rebel deck. And that has a lot more damage consistency, that has a lot more tricks up to your sleeves, where you can really force the dark side player to go, okay, what kind of damage do I want to let through this turn? Do I want these two Y-wings to attack? Do I want home one, or do I want uh, four X-wings to go at one of my my bases and completely destroy it? Um, With the Untouchables deck, there's a lot of stuff that's edge-dependent. Now, I know that the units themselves have a lot of non-edge-dependent as well, but they're such low HP cost, and you really don't have a good enough chance to win a, uh edge battle that they're not going to be able to attack first, and a lot of them are going to be kind of picked off one by one. Um, I found that the times when I had Hoth, uh, the Hoth operations out, I had a little bit of easier time winning the edge battle. But again, against a Sith control deck, it's pretty much impossible. There's 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 just no way... To win an edge battle versus a a very very skilled Sith control player. Um, uh, another thing I found is resource matching was a biatch. The out of the fifty games fifty plus games I, I, I played, I consistently had only one Rebel affiliation to ever deal with anything, and that's a big problem. Uh, there there were a couple games where I had I uh, draw uh, drew two prep for evac and two prep for battle, and I was like, "Well, I can't play a damn card now." Um, and the the main reason for that is, yeah, we have a lot of the non-affiliated cards that we can play, but all of those are going to require the edge. Um, we have the AAC one speeder, A C one speeder tank, which is a great card in and of itself, but um, I, I just I don't feel that it's useful because you have to win that edge battle for the tactics to even take place. Sure, having a shield is going to negate any type of damage, but if you lose the edge battle, it's just going to sit there and not do anything. Okay, yeah, you attack, but that's not going to really help you. You really can't control the force very well, and even in playtesting, I mean, there was one game in Shrags where I didn't even play any units as the the Sith control side uh, my first turn, and you still had problems winning that game. Um, yeah. The 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 dial got to 7, and I didn't play any turns turn 1, and you still had a lot of trouble actually winning that game. I mean, w- when I say I've play-tested this deck, I have play-tested this deck to pretty much every possibility known to man. <laughs> um, we have put just, like, the weirdest things against this deck to see how well it does. Um, obviously, you know, no units turn 1, uh, just some really crazy objective setups for the deck. Uh, there was a couple games where I picked... Uh, two uh, Navy and only one Sith affiliation to only have one Sif- affiliation card for a Sith control deck, and I was still able to shut down the board pretty hard and really just stop him from dealing any kind kind of damage. So th- that's kind of my side on um, on that. Um, Ketrissel, I'm, I'm going to let you counterpoint, and then shrigs I'm I'm going to let you go. So uh, Ketrissel, go ahead.
0: Um, I th- I think a lot of the issues that you brought up are issues that the deck has. You know, it's it is a glass cannon, you know. It it needs that near perfect setup to win, uh-huh. um, and I don't think it's the best version of the deck that can be made. I think it is the best version of the deck for that time. Okay, though is is my opinion. I think that um, taking out the preparation for battle. And running uh, Renegade Squadron to get Echo Cavern
2: mm-hmm. is actually a better version of the deck all around. That that actually might work very very well. That's something that I might try. Um, Plus, but, it ahead. gives another
3: big vehicle and some more tactics icons to help out with those uh, sticky situations. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um. You know.
0: It it also depends on you know what you're going up against like if all you're playing against is other sith control decks i actually think that the untouchables has a better matchup against sith control than a jedi deck does um
2: and being strict is play testing no way i i i have to disagree with that a (laughs) hundred percent see because
0: in in the um in the games i played in in at the regional I think I lost one game against Sith Control with the deck um, in about 10 matchups or so overall. And with the Jedi deck, it was about 50-50. Okay. You know, that could just be luck of the draw. Yeah, you know... But um... I feel like, you know, negating Force Choke, I think, is a large part of beating um, some of the control that, that Sith Control can bring out. And if you can shield around um, Palpatine, then that basically means that the only thing that you have to look out for is Force Lightning.
3: Right. Well, with the regular Rebel Deck, you wouldn't even have to worry about Force Choke unless he Force Chokes his own units to get the Vader effect. Right. Mm-hmm. And with Palpatine, with the Re- Rebel Deck Baz and I use, there will always be so many units on the board, there's no way
2: he can tactics them out. Yeah. Um, Matt, I I know that you have a question,
1: so uh, I'll do it up. Okay. So, one thing I seem to be hearing a lot in any discussion I've had so far with this deck, or listening to you guys as well, it seems like a lot of people are saying, this deck kind of needs that that exactly right sweet spot setup. Is, is that a correct assumption, or am I wrong?
2: I, I, I would agree to that. Uh, I would agree to that. Um, a Cell, I'm pretty sure you would probably disagree with that, correct? Uh, no,
0: I'd actually agree. I oh, think okay. that the the setup has a little more leeway than people are assuming it does. Um, but it definitely is easier to play the deck if you have, you know, double hoth operations and something else out.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And to me that that seems like to me if I was taking this deck to a tournament, that seems like a major weakness just to I mean, this is you know my own playstyle, of course, because that's all any of us can do. But it's just like I don't want a deck where I'm kind of like, you know, sitting there with my fingers crossed, whereas I draw those top four objectives, and you know, then I am do the Homer Simpson dough because I don't get that exactly what I want. I, I don't think that that's something I'd be wanting to use myself. Right. Again, because it's just in a tournament, you want something that you can play and potentially win no matter what you draw. You know, of course, within reason, I mean, if you draw, you know, let's say four neutral objectives, which the chances are pretty small in any deck, you know, you're, you're going to be fairly screwed resource wise. But I don't know, that seems like a major weakness to me with the deck. And that's one thing that kind of makes me a little shy of, you know, wanting to use it. I think it'd be a, to me, it seems like it's a really fun deck like I would play this in a fun game yeah mm-hmm. anytime
2: yeah I mean the the, the fun factor it, it is really a lot of fun shrigs would you agree with that I mean it
3: yeah we while it did not like overperform to cool expectations of winning a tournament all the time it would have some crazy cool moments where we it would be really really close yeah
2: yeah I mean the the and you know kind of uh, also going on uh, another point that Cell had um I think that the reason that this deck won, the, the actually no, Shrieks, uh, this this was the uh, your point, won, uh the regional for Tiny and won uh, the regional for you is I think that they underestimated the the deck and left way too many openings, um, for for you to just constantly dish out that damage with those really really small units. Um did you see that a lot in, in your uh games catcher cell, or is that just kind of a, a a broad assumption
0: yeah that that seems pretty close to how it happens and two, the other thing that I think helped out with this deck being good when it was was that it was. You Know kind of a wild card deck mm-hmm. because it's like you know, you drop your, your smuggler and spies affiliation, and everybody's like, Oh, okay, you're playing Han Solo, right? Or nope. you, dr- you drop it, and then you start flipping over some rebel objectives, and they're like, Oh, you're playing, you know, Echo Caverns. And it's like there's so many decks that it could be mm-hmm. that you don't know necessarily how to play against it yep. until you're already steamrolling the person. So, I think that factor is what makes the deck better, in my opinion. Because it's like, you know, you sit down with your opponent and your opponent's like, okay, I have no idea how to counter this specific deck
2: because I've never seen this deck. Right. And, you know, and I, unfortunately, counterpoint to that, the first time Shriggs played it, he countered it very, very well. Um, Shriggs I think I destroyed one objective, but he was able to really just kind of... I mean, Shriggs is, is a good player, so I, I can't really say anything bad about him as, as a player. I mean, he he really kind of sat back and just really thought about a lot of his plays and was like, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and he, st- he still shut down the deck very hard the first time he played against it. Um, I-, I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not a big fan. Uh, Shrigs, uh, I'd like to kind of get to your points now um, as well, so uh, why don't you go ahead?
3: Well, there's not much um, I can say that hasn't already been said. Like, uh, one game we had, I got, what, two of the Rebel Fleets and two prepared for evacuations? Yeah. Like, even though I have some Rebel cards and some Smuggler cards and I'm not being screwed over by neutral objectives, that's still a really bad objective set to start out with. Right. Because you're not really getting really good effects with them. Yeah. So the possibility of getting kind of screwed over in this regard
2: is just too high for me. Okay. Um. A- another thing I think that you and me can agree on is I really missed my other two Rebel Assaults. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they. Uh, I really think that... Um, Mission briefing is just an overlooked pod. Uh, excuse me, objective set. And I know for a fact that it's it's a good it's a good objective set, and I, I really think that it needs to be used more in Rebel decks. Not not just for the draw mechanic. I mean, obviously th- that has some synergy with it, but I hardly ever take it if I have the, my other objective sets to pick from. Um, but the things that really make it really, really good are obviously Mon Mothma, which gives an, an edge, a plus one edge when she's in the edge battle. Um, what? Two resources? Uh, I'm sorry, catch yourself typing in Skype and my ADHD just kind of went crazy.
3: <laughs> Alright, well I kind of finished off what you were about to say with Mon Mothma, so go ahead.
2: Yeah, Um. so Mon Mothma obviously has the two resources like you said. Um. And then we have the two heavy blaster emplacements, which are Yes, you can uh, You you really hope that you get them every game, but they're not a necessity. But when you get them, is just ridiculous. Turn it's,
3: one, one heavy blaster replacement, you're good. Two heavy blaster replacements first
2: turn, you've won. I mean, it's it's basically the equivalent of a force choke, but you just get that. It's just it's free damage, and nine times out of ten, they're not gonna run take them prisoner, which has the only. Um, enhancement discarding mechanic in the game right now, which is Tear the Ship Apart. Um, And obviously with the current meta, or the current rotation of cards that are out right now, it's going to be Sith Control, or it's going to be some weird Navy deck that I have yet to ever actually see into fruition yet. Um, Ketrasil, I know uh, you said something about Mobilize. What are you talking about? You were saying the extra
0: um, verbal assault that comes in mobilized, not in mission briefing.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was I was I was stating that mission briefing is, is a is a good objective set. Okay.
0: Oh, so, I yeah. was just okay pointing yeah, that out. I'm
2: sorry, yeah, I, I should have worded that differently. My apologies. Um so I mean th- th- that that's kind of our opinions on this deck. I, I don't really think there's anything else that can be said. I, I honestly think, Matt, that... This is just one of those decks that you either like it or you're not gonna like it, and you're never gonna be able to agree on it. Obviously, well, I mean, you, you read the forums, Matt. I mean, it oh, yeah. was it was me defend uh, saying no, this deck's awful, and then pretty much everyone else was like, no, you're wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, part of the reason why this you know we decided to do this discussion on this episode is because Ketros actually messaged me and said, hey, can I you know he he'd messaged me originally to saying you know hey I'm willing to come on the show whenever you guys want yeah. somebody, which was awesome. That, you know, he wanted to join us after one episode, but then he also kind of wanted to present a counter-argument to your argument, and I thought instead, you know, just doing the back-and-forth in the forums, let's hash it out, talk about it, and you'll see what everybody's opinions are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this deck, I think, has generated more discussion than almost any other deck I've seen so far to date in the game's short-lived life. I mean, Smuggler's Den deck... There really wasn't much discussion because it's it's pretty obvious, you know, it why it's a good deck. Yeah. So it was wasn't much discussed. This deck just seems to be one that people it's like you said, you either love it or you hate it. There's there's not a lot of in between with this one.
2: You know, I think the main reason for that is because it won a regional.
1: Yeah. Um and
2: uh catch yourself, uh, were you, you were running a different variation of this deck, correct? With yours?
0: Yeah. Um the Version I ran with was before um, the new Force Pack was out. Okay, so I was running basically the same thing with Echo Cavern. Ah, gotcha. Um, okay. and then the Leia Pod instead of Home One.
2: Okay. Yeah. Now, um, let's actually briefly touch on that. Um, why were you running the Leia Pod and not Home One? Uh, because Leia is ridiculously good. <laughs> well, I mean. Th- 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 that is definitely a, a uh, very kind of obvious statement. I mean, Leia is is amazing. I mean, I've been screwed over hard with uh, Shrig's. Uh, Shrig's is, um, you... Oh, my
3: God. Oh, uh, yeah. The I've ever had <laughs> yeah. is having two heavy Blaster replacements out two Battlefield Engineers out, and then sacrificing Leia after I do everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then doing it all over again.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's pretty bad. I mean, she's, she's just one of those just really, really awesome cards. But the reason I don't use her is because I find myself relying on her to win. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the
0: thing that I think makes her good in a, a vehicle deck, which she doesn't seem like she would be, is the fact that... Um, you know the weakness to the tactics icons, mm-hmm. um, and all you have to do is draw a Leia, and all of a sudden you're like ha 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 tactics, and you try and kill Leia, and they're all gone again. Yeah. Or you get you're my only hope, and all oh, look now all the tactics icons that you spent three turns putting on my units are all gone. Yeah. Or cover fire. So
2: oh, or cover fire. I love that card. It's just so delicious. No 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 <laughs> cover fire, but I mean so I mean honestly. Um, to, to the listeners that are uh, listening, I think you guys have kind of been given a good enough kind of back and forth to really kind of make an opinion on your own. And honestly, guys, don't take our word for it. Do your own research. Do your own testing. That's one of the reasons why I tested this deck so much is because everyone was uh, uh, kind of crazy about it. and I was like, okay, what's so great about this deck? And I, I personally came to find that I didn't like it. Um, it either didn't it it either didn't fit my play style or or I I just I just didn't flat out like it. Um, I mean, obviously, Catcher Cell is going to be uh, a little bit more prone to enjoying it because I think it fits his play style a little bit more. Um, Shriggs is on is is going to be on my side because he likes his uh, corset deck a little bit better. Uh, so I mean, honestly, guys, what do you think? Um, a- a- as the listener, what do you guys think? Give us some feedback um, in the uh, the little comment section below where the podcast is posted every uh, every two weeks. We would greatly appreciate that. Um, Gentlemen, any other closing thoughts on this deck?
0: Um, I think that when uh, Edge of Darkness comes out and we get the Money and Falcon, that the deck's going to be even better.
2: Yes! Um, Yeah, (laughs) I I think the the Smugglers and Spies and Scum and Villainy, once the expansion comes out, is going to be... I I really think there's going to be a complete meta shift. I, I really do. Um, maybe not right away because it's going to take a while for everyone to really kind of go, okay, what objective sets are going to synergize with the other objective sets that are already out. I still think Sith Control is still going to be a viable build. I think that'll never go away. But, I think that instead of the navy cards in there, I think adding some of the newer, uh, scum and villainy stuff on the dark side into the Sith Control deck might even beef it up even heavier. Um, and then vice versa with the, uh, smugglers and spies because, oh my gosh, the Wookiee cards are ridiculous. <laughs> I'm looking forward I to I also that think
0: one. that we, I also think that we all can agree that my opinions are more correct than
2: everyone else's. Oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, why not? Why not? Um, anyway, so that actually leads us to our next topic, which is deck talk. And, um, I know, Matt, you've had some some personal things going on, so you really haven't had a chance to really test a lot of the new objective sets, which okay. uh, next week you'll be able to talk a little bit more about them, but um, um, you, go ahead, Matt.
1: Real quickly, I the last episode I did d- decide to, on a uh, Scum and Villainy slash Sith deck, and I did give it a few plays. It wasn't as many as I was hoping for. Um, it was really only two games against my friend Ben, and we used a Jedi, and... A rebel deck, mm-hmm. and I'll just be blunt, the deck was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> scum no. and villainy, and we both said afterwards we're just like they're just not there. And don't the only reason I was testing it was because I really wanted to see if there was a way to make them viable just for something different to play sometimes. Yeah. Right. They're not gonna be my play style, they're not gonna be my affiliation of choice. I've already decided on Sith and uh Smugglers and Spies before the game even released that they were gonna be what I played but I really, really, really want Scum to be something. And we've got another Scum pack coming out later this month with what all we really know is they're going to be Black Sun Mercenaries, whatever they are in it. So who knows? Maybe that might get them there again. But until Boba Fett's usable or even somewhat comparable to Han Solo, which is going to be difficult, I think we're still waiting for Heads of Darkness to come out well now next month.
2: Hopefully next month, fancy flight. Don't screw us over this time. Like I was so prepared. There's for, no other delay. I was so prepared for that expansion set. And then they are like, ah, okay. just kidding, force pack next month. And I'm like, no. no. So um Deck talk. Um I know that uh Shriggs has been chopping into bit to talk about his uh his deck that we, we've been testing. So Shriggs, I'm okay. gonna give you the floor real quick.
3: Um, real quick, not what were the objective sets you used for your smuggler or skull and villainy and Sith deck
1: it was uh well, hold on a second, I got the deck right here, so let me dig out my objectives and take a peek, so I was using uh the best of exchange for Boba Fett. uh I used Council of the Sith at first, that was probably gonna be my first change. I was probably gonna change that up to uh uh the Emperor's objective set, which I can't remember its name right now Emperor's web I also had Emperor's web, thank you. I also had Jabba's orders and cool interrogations, just for that initial capture effect. And is that all of them? I feel like I'm nope. missing one.
3: Uh, the Hunt for Han Solo.
1: Uh, he- yeah, the Hunt yeah. for Han Solo. Yes. The which is the uh, the newest one that came out in just the uh, a Dark Time pack. So that's what I was using. And like with another real quick point, with that uh, the Hunt for Han Solo, you get those uh, Z dash 95 headhunters. I really, really, really thought they were going to be kind of interesting, and they really, really weren't. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, with it being a completely random card that has to be a unit, it never seemed to go off ever. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, So, your deck is close to mine. I did run with the Emperor pod instead Mm -hmm. of uh, the uh, whatever it was you were using. What
1: was it? Council of the Sith.
3: Council of the Sith. Council of the Sith. And I had the same experience as you with the uh, vehicles, the Z95 Headhunters. They were nice in that I could get a peek into his hand. Because uh-huh. even if I don't get the unit, I get to see if he has a twist of fate or a heat of battle or something else that might screw me over later down the line. And I'll be to know about it. All right. The strength of this deck is information. Like in the first game we played, I had this amazing setup with, uh, let's see here, the Hunt for Han Solo, the, uh, Jabba's Orders, and a Cruel Interrogations. So I got to look at his hands, then immediate play, immediately play a, uh, Interrogation. Take one of those things, and then I could, uh, then I also had a, uh... It was, you get, also had Get Me Solo. Get Me Solo, yeah, and I got to take away, what, uh, Yoda, like, five times Yeah, a match.
2: yeah, that game, you took Yoda from me a about four times <laughs> But the poor guy never saw any uh, any daylight he was just always yeah, constantly no. captured.
3: No and I almost I was thinking uh, during one turn it's like I can ask for Luke and ask I could ask for uh Obi-Wan. Luke Obi-Wan. Luke Obi-Wan.
2: Luke. And every... and then he
3: immediately plays Obi-Wan.
2: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean uh like in testing in testing that deck cuz I know there's there's actually a deck floating around card game DB Um, let me just pull it up so I can give the creator the, uh, the correct.
3: Now, I could have won one of those games if I was a smarter person. Because (laughs) what happened was I actually got him down to two cards in his hand. Actually, it might have been because, uh, Skype is blurry as shit and I could barely remember what I saw. And, uh, what happened was I had, I used the, uh, get me solo or, yeah. Yeah. No, I used Cruel in- er, Interrogation first, then I went into the Edge Battle, and I forgot how many Force Icons I saw on the last card he had, and I threw down Palpatine just to be sure, because otherwise I would have been throwing away three Force Icons, and I don't know who was two or three. And it was just two, and I could have won the Edge Battle and saved Palpatine, and if I had done that, I could have played Palpatine next turn, and shut him down for the rest of the game, and won.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. the uh, the deck that you're currently running is is interesting because I th- it has some viability to it. But like you said, the uh, the Z95 Headhunter really just... So, th- the, the action on this is Interrupt. When this unit is focused to strike, reveal one card at random from an opponent's hand. If that card is a unit, capture it. Now, that seems all well and dandy, but the odds of you finding a unit to capture in... A Jedi deck is pretty slim because they have a lot of events and enhancements.
3: But the Jedi deck is, oh well, yeah. So but, um, I mean, the thing about yeah. the headhunter is not just about capturing stuff; it's about getting gathering information in your hand, mm-hmm. is what I see, and that's what some people may not uh, figure. It's like oh, I need to get these units. Well, you got a whole bunch of other things to work with for units. But I think until they give me more uh, methods of capturing units, this deck cannot come into its own, because it's close, it's so close, and I can feel it.
2: Yeah. And uh, the objectives that we're talking about are going to be two Hunt for Han solo, two Bestman Exchange, two Jabba's Orders, two Cruel Interrogations, and then your choice of Vader or Palpatine. Um, I personally would run with probably Vader, because Palpatine um, is nice in the fact that he has tactics, but you're um, pretty resource-starved as it is, um, with this, with that current setup, so having Vader to be able to play is, is a little bit better than not having Palpatine to play. Here's the thing, though. I
3: grabbed Palpatine's not for Palpatine. For the edge battle? No. I went for this deck solely for the, uh, Emperor's Royal Guard.
2: Okay. No, yes. no, no, yeah. I, w- I can see that.
3: I wanted something to protect Boba Fett, Bob Fett. from rebel assaults. Yeah. Because that always, always happens. Um, and it's just such a pain. That he has to get Boba Fett out with his Mandalorian armor. He's just unless they give me something else to give something targeted strike, he cannot come into his own.
2: Yeah. Now I yeah. will say one one card that I really am looking forward to seeing actually being played, which is what we talked about in the uh, the start of the show, was the Ugnat, which got the Nerf bat apparently. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which is his reaction is after a card is captured. Or remove one damage from a friendly vehicle or droid unit. So this suggests that if, uh, Scum and Villainy is going to become a little bit more uh, droid-focused than, I think, character-focused. Because we have the Z95 Headhunter, which has 3 HP. So if Ugnaught's out in the field and you capture a card, well, you can remove a damage from it. So it's essentially a kind of a reverse protector, which heals damage. And it's kind of like a repair... uh, repair, uh, I'm sorry, it's like a reverse repair droid, really. It heals damage once an effect takes place, it gives a resource, and it has 2 HP. So, I think that we're going to see the hunt for Han Solo going to be very, very viable in a scum and villainy deck, uh, personally. Um,
1: So... I'd agree with that. Um, That deck with the objective, says you just mentioned, is that the one that was posted, like, just today from someone who was... uh...
2: I believe he yeah, took second
1: the... place at a regional this last, this just over this weekend. Yeah, that's the one that Um
2: Venric won. Thank with. you, thank you. That, I, I couldn't find it. I, like I was, I'm, I was searching the de- the Star Wars decks, but I forgot it was in the the regional winners' list. So thank you. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's just. I think that Ketrissel, uh, do you have any um opinions on Scum and Villainy at its current state? Um. Just that I wish
0: I could play Boba Fett. <laughs> hey, I, I love Boba. Fett. I want to play, play Boba, Boba too. Fett. Yeah. Um, I I think that the for foreshadows some pretty cool things with like IG88 and Oh 4, yeah. Um, yeah. And, like all those guys coming out. Um, I I wish he was as good as the the old one from the TCG.
3: <laughs> um, who's gonna bet on the next uh Superman Villainy pod being a all droid pod with IG88? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm, not the next one, because we know that they've got Black Sun mercenaries. So it I could be a mercenary a droid. It could be a criminal. Like, they they might be trying to give Scum a secondary theme, just because right now their whole thing is strictly, you know, the whole bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. But they could also go towards the criminals, you know, like the, the underworld kind of stuff. So you could mm-hmm. have, like, you know, like Black Suns and maybe Prince uh, Zizor, however you say it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe go with, like, some sort of a a resource or, you know, robbery kind of theme, maybe, just to give him something different, just so he's not always this, you know... Capture, That's capture, how they can
3: capture enhancements! Robbery! There you go. Yeah. Um,
2: okay. So, that deck, I think, has viability, but I, I think, right now, in the current card rotation of the mm-hmm. higher-end tiers of players, I think... So, I mean, you know, let's be honest. if If... If we're going to talk about deck talk, like we can't just talk about the current meta builds because no no not everyone plays uh in, at a competitive level. Not everyone plays to always win. Every, someone's going to play to have fun. Now, yeah. that that current scum and villainy, I always wanna say smugglers and spies. That current yeah. scum and villainy deck is a ton of fun to play because when it works, you just feel like the biggest douche in the world because you're just like I'm going to I have all the cards. I just like I was I was actually very upset that I could, I couldn't get Yoda out in the field the first day one I was like, Come on, I just wanna keep Yoda out. Um so I mean he killed him once and then Yoda came on the field um a second time, but it was already captured, and then he recaptured again. I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm so done. You're just a jerk. You could have just
3: forfeit out of sheer anger. <laughs> and that's how the that's how this deck works. You make your opponent so angry he flips
2: the table and you win. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
1: And that's why we call it table Flip.
2: <laughs> so, Woo! I mean, you know, as far as the fun factor, I think that that deck will really have a lot of fun fun factor to it. Um, now, the deck that I've been testing, which is a, I know this is going to sound crazy, doesn't have Han Solo in my Jedi deck. I know.
1: Well, Bez, I, that's um, crazy.
2: I, I know, right? It's just, it's, it's like this weird, just kind of, wait, you're not running Han Solo or sm, uh, uh, Smuggler's Caverns? Wait, why? Well,
3: now, Bez, Can yes. I ask something real quick? Uh, go ahead. Uh, the I want to get on this real quick. The uh, Hunt for Han Solo objective. Its reaction reads, after you capture a unit card at this objective, reveal it to remove one focus token from a target Scum and Villainy card. This effect. This only ever happens when you capture a card at this objective. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, that. This could have been the Scum and Villainy version of the Indoor Gambit. It would have been so... If it's limited to the whenever only when you capture a card, it doesn't even make sense in why they'd be worded like that. It's like, I'm taking this card. Now I'm going to show it to you. Now I'm going to put it there and remove a focus token. Well,
2: you know, I think that we haven't fully seen the uh, smugglers. Uh, dang, see there we go again. <laughs> These common villainy um, to its fullest potential. So I think that... I just is just me theory crafting here. I think that we're gonna see cards that say if an objective card if a card is that's captured is uh face up apply x effect I, 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 I really believe that we're gonna see a card that does that because um like you said trick it's kind of weird to have a captured card revealed like mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense to me well, no,
3: my problem but- with it is you reveal it as soon as you capture it. He knows it's going there it's like my, the way I want this reaction to work is, it's like the next turn over. You say, mm, "I've got some uh, tactics on my guys. I will show you this card at my objective in exchange for taking a tactics off." That's how I want this to okay, work. Okay,
2: so so you're saying you want the reaction to be reveal the captured card a- at any point during the game.
1: Yeah, but okay. it's okay, like re- re- yeah.
3: yeah, but it's saying reveal it as soon as I capture it. It's like why why does that change anything? He knows it's going there.
1: Well, but, you know, he might right. not know what was captured because it could be a random card either from the top of his deck or you know some other capture effect or he just might not remember what was in his hand
3: most of the time so, he'll know he most of the taking time taking it
1: from his hand or the field most of right. the time true but there are times that you might not know cuz i know there is a card i take, that... take them prisoner take
2: them prisoner and, and yeah. Uh, cruel interrogation you can't see the card either
1: right and the cards are you know capture cards are always upside down And they're only revealed you know for like in this case just reveal it real quick and then you know its effect goes off and then you turn it upside down so It is possible they could forget what's there. The only problem with that is You're gonna want to be like stacking cards at this one objective Mm -hmm. just to keep using its effect Yeah And then of course you know exactly where he's attacking because he wants all those captured cards back Which is good and bad. You know where he's attacking so you can potentially defend but also makes it a really big target. They'd be stupid not to go for almost. Yeah. Well. Like...
2: No. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, it's just, I, I think again, we haven't seen the full potential of um, the scum and villainy yet. I, I really think we haven't seen what they can are, are actually capable of. And yeah. I think we're just kind of browsing the surface. So I think,
0: I think too, that they, that they're going to be potentially really good because if you look at the cards that we have for scum and villainy now, they're really limited by the extra, you know, hindrances that they have on the cards. Yes. Like the Cloud City um, Incinerator, it's really good. And then they say, "Oh, you have to have the balance of the force in order to use this ability." And that's not it's how like,
3: this this faction doesn't work like that. You're supposed to be aggressive with these people. It's like you're supposed to be constantly attacking and capturing. Well,
2: maybe like right now in in the current rotation with the cards that you're going to have to synergize with them, but it. It could end up being that uh, scum and villainy is the all-out dark side control deck that ever that I've been waiting
1: for. Yeah, so, yeah I can see them being a lot more control-oriented.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, at it, least with the yeah. bounty hunter stuff. Yeah, I mean, because if we really think about it, Sith control is yeah, it's control, but you can still deal damage to to the to objectives and units mm-hmm. quite quite regularly. I mean, Boba Fett's obviously objective is capture cards, so and he only deals one damage.
3: So. Oh, that reminds me. I wanted to ask this. Um, if Boba Fett attacks someone and kills someone, can he still capture it, or is it immediately destroyed? No. Nope. It's
2: destroyed. It's, it's destroyed.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, we, Me and Baz were discussing that or last night.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, it's—now, the effect is different if Old Ben's spirit's on there. You can either capture the card or have it destroyed. Either yeah. one. So it's kind of the lesser of two evils. Personally, I'd just rather have it captured so I can kill the objective and get it back. Exactly. But uh, but anyway, um, so th- that's kind of the this common villainy situation. I think that um, at least that we and Triggs have uh, tested today. Um, the deck uh. the deck that I've been running with right now with 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 the Jedi is no Han, and it's kind of interesting. Um, it is two in you must go, two a hero's journey, two the secret of Yavin four, one forgotten heroes, one message from beyond, and two self preservation. Now. On paper, this looks just really weird, and I was like, okay, is this going to work? I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to like this deck, and I kind of, I haven't had enough time to really say this is an awesome deck, you should totally run with this, Um, so I'm not going to say that. What I will say is that this has a lot of really good control, plus a lot of really, really good objective damage. Um... The main reason is because self. if you have self-preservation out as one of your objectives, it's really hard for the dark side player to take back the force because you have that extra force icon with any of the units committed. Now, one thing I did see a lot of the time is having uh, a Guardian of Peace and another Guardian of Peace and C-3PO committed all to the force, that's six icons just from three units that only originally have one. And in order for the dark side player to have any force control, they're going to have to commit a lot of units. They're going to have to commit at least Palpatine and one other unit or two other units for it to even flip the force. So um, self-preservation, i found it to be really, really good. Of course, it has some really, really good force control cards in there. Um, Unwavering Resolve, I have, I've just really fallen in love with. Um, this basically allows you to... Use a unit that's either exhausted or not committed to the Force in a Force Struggle battle. So, say the dark side has the Force, you have Yoda, he's exhausted, Palpatine's on the field, and you only have two Force icons to your name right now. The Force Struggle begins, you, play, you pay one resource, Jedi Affiliation, you play the card on Yoda, and bam, you have the Force that turn without actually having the unit committed, or even uh, while it's um, on the field. So that's... Okay. I've, I've really fallen in love with this deck. I really have. Um, the amount of uh, control that we get, that I can get from even uh, Jedi Mind Trick, which is, is really, really good. Um, one thing I've really started to do is put on Trust Your Feelings on Obi-Wan Kenobi and <laughs> completely lock down the board, which is something that a lot of players have not actually expected. Uh, Matt, uh, yes, go ahead.
1: That's an interesting idea, that what you just said there with Obi-Wan and Trust Your Feelings, because that lets them use his tactics again. Yeah. Um, so how about... Baz, would you mind making a, a post on Card Game DB Deck Builder for this? And we'll say that's this week's Deck Talk deck. And yeah. maybe, you know, you, me, Shregs, a few others might want to test it out and see if it is. Because I like that you're using that self-preservation, because I know last episode we talked, and we were both kind of like, is this the beginning of a potential Jedi control deck, and where could that, yeah, so so could that
2: go? Yes, going going to that. It be fun I, uh, to give it a shot. <laughs> I shot I'm pretty hard a couple games. Um,
1: okay.
2: I mean, uh, just like, just kind of knowing the objectives offhand, do you guys have any thoughts about it? Just kind of offhand, catch or Um, Seems pretty good. You know, I'm sitting here looking at it in the deck builder and I
0: kind of want to try it. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> me too. Now, I have a question. I know last week we or two weeks ago we talked and we were both kind of worried where light sides you know win condition well the primary win condition is to destroy objectives are you finding that it's an issue con- controlling and destroying objectives no. or is that just not a problem we were it's it's not know, it's crazy? not a problem at all um, okay. one
2: variation of the deck i did have is i took out forgotten heroes and uh, message from beyond and put in jedi training and i quickly found out that it's not a good idea <laughs> okay. um it's great to have that force struggle extra objective enhancement but that's really the only good thing that the deck has um, uh, besides from two extra Jedi Mind Tricks. Um, I mean, and really, just having one Jedi Mind Trick in the whole deck is kind of disappointing. But having, like drawing that and saving it for the right moment just really kind of goes, I have the light side, Palpatine's on the field, I'm going to tactic him and not have to worry about Palpatine for a whole turn and being able to lock down units with Obi-Wan Um, And obviously, Luke having uh, a lot of really good board presence as well, and just the, uh, how the heck do I, uh, I still haven't figured out how to say this name, Um, Sorosu Soresu Training, which um, you have to give it to a force unit, and enhance, gains shielding and plus one damage capability. So putting this on Yoda, Luke, or Ben just makes them all that more destructive. Um... And then the last unit I really want to talk about is the Godel Outcast, which is a very, very interesting mechanic. He doesn't have any icons whatsoever. He has 2 HP. He costs 2. But the difference is, is if, you, if you have controlled the Force uh, during your turn, he gains 2 objective damage that are black. And unopposed, that's 3 damage. That's, that's an easy win. Plus, he is a Force user. So you can give him that lightsaber. You can give him anything that you could give Luke and Yoda. Um, so putting, say, Trust Your Feelings on him, a Lightsaber, and Sorosu Training actually makes him a very, very tough opponent to deal with because he can kill an objective pretty quickly.
1: Yes! he well, certainly got my attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, I'm, like, a
2: I- I'm not entirely sure how this deck is going to really do um i still need still need a lot more kind of testing but so far i found it to be halfway decent um Catracell, matt uh what do you guys have uh what do you guys have had, uh, had a chance of testing i know matt you said you've done the the scum and villainy one um any other decks
1: no unfortunately not with uh, all of my personal issues the last two weeks i've been right. kind of occupied gotcha
2: catcher what about you bud So
0: I've been testing this deck. Um, Somebody called it the Untouchables. Um, I wanted to talk about it. That's it. You're off the podcast. (laughs) Um, No, I I really haven't been trying new stuff out. I've pretty much just been playing with the old decks that I had because... I'm trying to get people in my local area yeah. to play, so it's like I don't want to like, throw new stuff at them all the time. I'm like, hey, you've played against this deck for the last three weeks. Let's play it again.
1: Yeah. I understand. Catracell, I do have a question for you. Are you still using your Big Red Bus deck that you used at the regional, or have you moved on to something else?
0: Um, I'm still using that, except um... I'm using uh, defense protocol mm-hmm. instead of the I think I ran body's pod. Oh, okay. The Imperial command. I think I switched those. Now oh,
2: Interesting. Why why is that?
0: Um tie attack squadron. Okay, sith control is yeah. It's just like and you get two extra twist of fates, which according to everyone on the forums twist of fate is the best card ever.
2: <laughs> you know i i've won edge battles many times without twist of fate it, it it's fun to put down four cards a twist and your opponent's like okay and like he <laughs> he really has to win so he puts down four cards and you're like twist of fate and the look on his face is just like you mother <laughs> yeah yep. so i mean yeah twist of fate is a good card but honestly like han solo like um echo caverns i think it's a overhyped card um and honestly, that's kind of the the last kind of thing that I, I want I, I know we've run a little bit long, but there was a lot to cover in this episode. So thank you to everyone who's uh, listened uh, uh, this long. Um, the last thing I kind of wanted to get uh, kind of... I'm straying a little bit from the patch notes, or the, the show notes here. Patch notes, I don't think so. <laughs> wow. Um, is Han Solo and Echo's Caverns, I think, are overrated. Um, the main reason is because Han Solo by himself just doesn't have... His reaction's amazing. I can't deny that. But he has 2 HP. Vader on the field, mm-hmm. Force Choke, he's gone. I mean, yes, we can have the, the 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 Guardians and the Protectors out, but I feel that you rely on you have to have those Guardians out, or some way to protect him, or he's just he's too scary to even play. Because he costs 4, and it, it's, you know, it's hard enough to get resources on the field as it is. So I feel that him as just a card, I think, is, is an overrated card. Um,
1: I don't know if I agree with you that he's overrated per se, but I do feel like, like, even myself, I use Han a lot, and I win with Han a lot, but I feel in my current Jedi Smokers deck, I rely on him too much. And if there ever ends up, you know, like this whole capture thing kind of takes off and goes somewhere i think relying on one big you know character like that Mm -hmm. is very could be very dangerous and could end up hurting you in a way because if like it's very hard to play haunt if you don't have either if you're using the guardians or something like an old ben spear or something some way to keep him on the board because if you don't have a way to keep him around he's gone yeah your opponent unless you're playing like someone who uh is just you know just newer different. and doesn't realize the power until you know they take Han to the face. Um nine times out of ten, Han's their target, because Han must die.
2: Okay. Uh catch yourself, Shriggs.
3: Uh yeah. I go ahead, Shriggs. You go first. Yeah, I agree with that actually because I was actually had a friend over last night and I was showing him the game and I was telling him about the cards and I basically said the exact same thing about Han Solo. Here's Han Solo. He dies the second you put him out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because he's just that scary.
1: Yeah, he is.
2: I mean, he he is a very scary card when you're a dark side player and you see Han Solo and you're like, oh gosh, I have to get rid of him as soon as possible.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yep, I actually think that he's the second best card in the pod.
2: Objective set. Really? (laughs) I think Swindled is better. Oh, hands down, agree. (laughs) <laughs> Hands down, agree because they they play that uh that um uh royal guard or that advisor of the emperor, and you're just like swindled, and they're like, oh, okay. So yep. I mean, I, I would definitely agree to that. Swindles, I think, is probably one of the best cards in the game, personally. Um, in in combination with uh renegade squadron mobilize, yeah, it basically lets you two for one. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yeah, that that's true. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Now, as far as Echo's Caverns go, it is a great enhancement. I am not uh, I am not knocking Han Solo or Echo's Caverns to be terrible cards. You should never use them. They're amazing cards. Mm-hmm. But Echo's Caverns is one of those things where, yeah, you can choose things to, uh, to kind of switch things around and control the board a little bit, but... Honestly, it's just one of those cards that's kind of just a neat trick. It's not like, oh, I wish I had Echoes Caverns, that would have won me the game, or I wish I had Han Solo, that would've won me the game. Or uh, flip side of that, man, I, I lost because of Han Solo, or man, I lost because of Echoes Caverns. I, I, I feel that those that that has never happened to me before.
1: Now winning or losing because of Han Solo has happened to me, but Echo Caverns I feel is overrated. I don't I don't think I've ever actually used it for its ability. Just because it's never been an issue for me that I needed, you know, that one extra I'd rather have the resource. whatever icon. I'd rather yeah, use uh, the resource. I, and that's See, usually what that I ended up doing with it.
0: I found that it's a really good uh mind trick kind of card where if when it's open your opponent's like i don't know how i should attack right now yep. because you mm. could potentially do craziness so you know i think i maybe have won or lost with it or against it like once or twice but every time it's sitting out there i'm sitting there for like five minutes trying to do <laughs> the math and figure out what's going on so i think that's more the advantage of the card
2: than actually the card now,
3: Baz, I'm fairly certain I've used Echo's Cavern to screw you over before.
2: Well, of course. I mean, the the it it's it's like I said, it's not a terrible or bad. I, mean, or I or could even take some... your
3: stuff away from you and just be like, oh, you're gonna kill an objective outright with the Devastator? Nope.
2: Well, I mean, yes. Obviously, there is some some synergy with it, but you have to remember, if the Devastator's out in the field, what other unit are you going to declare? It's, there's only going to be one vehicle, so you're not going to be able to use it. Now, against a vehicle deck, heck yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot more control, I think. But against a Sith control deck, where Vader's out, Palpatine's out, uh, we have a couple protectors and, what, and, what, and that kind of stuff. I mean, you're gonna be able to shut down just one unit, and then you're gonna have to decide, okay, which unit do I not want to actually screw me over? It's gonna be either Palpatine. Not not nine times out of ten, yeah, it's gonna be Palpatine. But then they're going to have an Advisor of the Emperor that might not be uh, uh, exhausted. They're going to have Vader that might not be exhausted with targeted strike or something. So I I just, again, I feel that it is kind of an overrated card, and me personally, I have not missed either of those objective sets in in my new Jedi deck whatsoever. Don't don't everyone speak at once. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward
1: silence. So, I think we're we're kind of running along. We're at about a little over an hour now. Yep. So I'm thinking maybe we should, uh, unless anybody else has something you want to talk about, maybe we should kind of start wrapping this one up. Definitely. All right. So we should go into uh, shoutouts, I guess. I'll uh, be selfish and start first. Okay. I just got two quick ones. Uh, I would like to give a huge shout out to Darksbane, yes. who is the moderator, owner, operator, whatever you want to call him of Card Game DB. He does so much for the community that that and a lot of it is kind of a thankless job. Like I don't know what goes into the web building stuff because I'm just that's not my expertise whatsoever. But I know it's a lot of work and I'm sure he's up long hours, you know, programming some code somewhere and I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does for the community. So a huge shout out to him. You know, he hosts podcasts, he hosts articles he keeps the contributors, which you know, I help contribute stuff to the site, and I know you too do catch us on. You know, he helps keep us organized by like posting a schedule at the start of every week, so you know we kind of remember. Oh yeah, I need to get my article in or whatever. He does so much the community, and you can't thank the guy enough. So yeah. I mean, if you if if everyone on the site messes him and said thank you, that might be you know the start of a small fraction for what he's done to help grow the community. And I know conversations with him myself through uh, the private messaging stuff. Card Game DB has exploded in the past year or two. It used to be a a bit smaller than it is now. It used to be much more Game of Thrones-focused, but Netrunner and now Star Wars have really helped make LCGs a much bigger footprint on the gaming scene, I guess you could say. And Card Game DB is a huge part contributing to that. I mean, I'm on their forums. God, I'm probably on there 24 hours a day some days, it feels like. Like, I'm on my iPod, I'm sitting at work, I'm running, using the Wi-Fi, I'm checking the forums, or I'm messaging Baz, or whatever. You know, it, it's a great site. I love the site. If you've never been there, you should totally use it. It's got deck builders, it's got articles, it's got information, it's got covers for every single living card game out there. It's it's an amazing site And Dark Spring, You know, I can't thank you enough for what you do to help keep that site running and, you know, keeping the community growing.
2: Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. I mean, Darkman, thank you very much, buddy. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you, you, the work that you've put into yeah. this site and the community, awesome job.
1: My last shout-out is going to be a quick one to my friends over at Agenda 7, which is a Netrunner podcast. Uh, it's done by Dave and Glenn. And I, uh, I have in the past been kind of helping them behind the scenes, uh, just kind of doing some quick quality control to see... Uh, you know how the podcast is and you know making sure the audio levels and stuff are good but they do a great job and i know uh dave messaged me uh on facebook i believe and you know said he really really loved the show and stuff like that so it's good to hear and you know if you're a netrunner player like myself you might want to get that show listened to as well and you can find it at the same place as our podcast can be found which is right there on card game db in the podcast section
2: awesome awesome um shriggs go ahead and
3: do your shout outs all right, I would like to uh, thank you guys for having me, and i also like to throw a shout-out to my own website uh, that I work at, rivalcastmedia.com, where we have a bunch of gaming podcasts. We're more focused on PC gamings and consoles, but maybe if some of you folks at Card Game DB would come over, we can make a little shift.
2: Yeah, um, uh, I'm uh, kind of secret in news here. Um, in talks with um, the owner of RivalCast to have our show also... Um, co-casted onto their podcasting website as well. So um we'll be in two different locations if they they like what we do, which I think'll just make the community that much more large. Um and, and just really kind of broaden the demographic of people that listen to a show like this or a show like this Smuggler's Den.
3: Yep. Um so
2: uh come on over to
3: Rivalcast Media where you can find tons of podcasts for everyone, Viewer discretion advised. Yeah.
2: It, it, <laughs> there are, the, the shows do have um, a, uh, a mature filter on them so uh, just kind of keep that in mind if you do go over there it's a little bit more mature rated humor and that kind of things but uh, it, it's definitely a very very good very good podcasting site Uh do you want to plug any of your artwork any of your freelanc- freelancing stuff or anything uh, yep uh,
3: over at Rivalcast I am running a webcomic called The Brief Gank while you're down there go check it out and give me views and comments and say stuff about it to validate why I do stuff <laughs> okay <laughs> and also thank you Gandhi All right. Shout out to Gandhi. Catch yourself. Go ahead.
0: I just uh, first off want to give a shout out to you guys for having me on the podcast. Um, I probably will never listen to this episode because I hate my voice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I also just want to give a shout out to, you know, the entire community for the Star Wars card game and all the other card games um, on Card Game DB, you know, with you guys out there, you know, making the community as a whole. You know, a great place to be, you know, all the content that's not only on the sites, but with the podcasts and, you know, all other stuff, you know, you make it a whole lot easier to keep interested in a game. Um, And the more stuff there is out there, the better, because then I don't ever have to work at work. I get
2: to read stuff all day long. You're here. (laughs) Uh, Jimmy, Twitter's anything you want to plug? No. Nothing like that?
0: Me? No. Um, everybody should read my article, Notice Integrations.
2: Definitely, definitely. It's, it's a very good article. I'll art. second that. Um, uh, shout-outs to my wife, who allows me to do this. Um, thank you, honey. I really appreciate it, even though she's never going to listen. But shout-outs anyway. Um, shout-out to, obviously, uh, Darkbane and CardgameDB.com. Just a wonderful community. Um, and shout-out to my local gaming store, Checkmate Games. Um, it's just a local store in Toledo. A lot of really, really good uh, people there, probably some of the most mature and um, well-rounded players of any kind of local store I've ever seen. Everyone's just always very uh, happy and, like, you know, they shower on a regular basis, so (laughs) that's a a plus. Uh, (laughs) That's not very common. Huh? That's not common. I know, right? But uh, seriously, shout out to them for just uh, really supporting this game. Um, no other local store around Toledo does this. It's just them. So big shout out to to them. Um, also, follow me on Twitter at Baziel, B-A-Z-E-L-E-E-L. And um, Matt, I know we have some cool new contact stuff that we want to give away too. So go ahead.
1: All right. All right. So if you want to contact either myself or... It's Basile. how's how you pronounce it? You, I keep just pronouncing just that baz, wrong, I'm sure. It's fine. Bas. All right. You can get a hold of us via Card Game DB private messaging or the FFG boards as well. Uh, I'll recommend Card Game D B just yeah. because FFG tends to have some server issues, it seems, sometimes. Um, but you can also contact us at email. Our email for the show is tableflip at outlook.com. All one word, of course. And we also have a shiny new Facebook page, which I actually just got going earlier. Today or yesterday, I can't remember now. Yes. Um our page is facebook.com slash table flip podcast. So you know go there and like it. Uh, we're going to hopefully be able to discuss and going. Uh, we're only at ten likes right now, a lot of which are friends of mine who play card games locally. Same. <laughs> but it's a brand new page. We haven't really had a chance to plug it yet until right now. And uh, that's it for contact information. So you know if you want to get a hold of us for anything, comments, questions deck discussion, whatever, you know. I mean, I'm always willing to talk about the game. Uh, I mean, you can ask Baz. He and I talk pretty much 24 hours a day, it feels like, via Facebook messaging some days, uh, just discussing this and that about the game or discussion about different decks and stuff like that.
2: Um, And also, if uh, anyone actually wants to play us uh, in the game, um, I don't use Octagon because I feel the automation kind of really makes me lazy and certain steps, because after I play on Octagon, I forget to do it in, like, the actual game itself, so, um, I play via Skype, um, if you have a webcam or something, put it down at your desk and you play that way, or over Skype video chat, um, you can add me on, uh, just private message me, uh, on Card game DB, letting me know that you want to play a couple games, and I'll be more than willing to, I, I know Shrigs, I mean, that's how me and Shrigs play, because Shrigs actually lives in Oklahoma, so, um, we do it via interweb chat, uh, but I am more than happy to to play games with you. Just kind of you know expand the uh, the player base that we have.
1: Ah, um, uh, that's everybody. Anyone else got okay. anything that they
2: need to um, shout out or plug?
1: Uh, I'm just gonna plug our next episode. So in uh, probably about two weeks, uh, we will be uh, discussing in episode three, obviously the results of uh, this week's uh, deck talk that we just had. And also, I would like to have a discussion about some of the neutral objective sets and their use and how many you should use in a deck. Because I'm starting to, I have an idea about some issues that could result from using too many neutral. Yep. So I thought that might be a good discussion we could have next episode. Definitely. Uh, one last thing, Ketrasel, would you like to join us again possibly sometime or? Never, because you guys Never. hate the
0: untouchables. <laughs> 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 uh, Not reading
1: funny. Your articles anymore. Yeah, screw <laughs> your
3: articles, man. Your friendship isn't worth liking that deck. <laughs>
2: over. Uh, I mean, yeah, seriously. Um, uh, Shriggs is, uh, is 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 going to be a regular because he was supposed to be in last week, but he had some stuff to do, whatever graduation or something, you know. But Ketchercell, uh, I, I really think that you uh, would would be a good fit. So you're you're more than welcome to be on the show whenever you like, or you could be a, a designated fourth host. So. Uh-huh.
0: My master plan is
2: working.
3: <laughs> Take <laughs> over the world. Excellent.
2: With the untouchables. <laughs> with the <laughs> untouchables. Anyway, we're not going to waste any more time. Um, thanks, guys, uh, for for listening to the entire show. For those of you who have actually made it to the end, we really greatly appreciate the support. Um, as always, uh, thank you to all of my co-hosts, and uh, we'll see you guys uh, in two weeks for the next episode talking about neutral sets. That's it. That's all. God bless. May the Force be with you. Peace out.